0: Uh, It's anniversary week from when God came down and plotted against my brother, yeah. Anniversary of when the universe collided particles, yeah. They took away the one man, the one menace to the Jewish conspiracy cabal. Jesus Christ himself couldn't come off the cross to take The Canadian Cripper. That's right, yeah. We're talking about Chris Benoit. This week, yeah, on Death Metal. (laughs)
1: My voice was hanging on by a tattered thread, and that it's a wrap. <laughs> Boy, you look like you was in a throat plug.
0: Yeah, I got all
1: red. It was just deep down in there. I was, my voice was already fucking I was shot. Pretty goddamn good, man. I got a nice macho man, Randy Savage. I had years of experience. I used to work at a call center, and I tried to get fired over the course of like three months. They pulled me in the office and were like, Are you doing Macho Man Randy Savage impersonations on the phone? I go, Yep. <laughs> and then Dang. they had a fucking policy where I had to write you up for the same thing three times. It was so dumb. But finally, just happened one day I got to my boiling point. Yeah. God damn it, boy. I like uh I like wrestling, man. <laughs> I do too. It's pretty fucking cool. I was thinking about doing it, like, earlier in the year, but I got no time for that shit. Made a plan. Plan fell through, like everything else in my life. Something that doesn't work out the first time. I'm done, bitch. Mm-hmm. So here we are talking about one of the baddest motherfucking wrestlers. What if we just were all pro-Chris Van the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> I really thought about trying to see how long I could get away with it, but then I, like, got all the way into the meat of what actually happened and was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it just oh, sucks. Yeah. There's no way out. There's no easy way out. God damn. Gave his dead wife a bone. Did he? I think so. <laughs> How could you not? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're already there. <laughs> it's like, you're not going to unkill her. She yeah. consented by marrying you. You know what I mean? Or you vacuum it. You're just going to... Yeah, well, wet vacuum it. Get it dry get a little. It. But yeah, seriously, this week we're doing Chris Benoit... I was disturbed to find out his name is also Christopher Michael Benoit. Real close. No K, though, which is good. That's for the. Only want to murder your family. is not the committed murder your family type. You get the K when you just think about it all the time. God. <laughs> he came from Canada, of course, where all pussies do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why we keep. Unplanned, but we've done a lot of Canadian bullshit. Yeah, we got to get away from it. I thought they were supposed to be cool, but there's problem after problem with these fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> God, dude. Uh, he had 22 fucking year of professional. Basically, the only job Chris Benoit ever had was professional wrestling. I mean, wanted to do this his whole life. Started lifting weights as a kid. You know, fucking... Decorated. Everyone loved him. Uh, obviously professional wrestling isn't real. It has no barometer in actual fighting. But you can't look at the athletic prowess of a wrestling match and see the gymnastic ability, the ability to take punishment. And obviously he was fucking jacked. Oh yeah. So I consider him to be an athlete, a very impressive athlete. But I'm pretty sure we all know that his story of success quickly became that of tragedy. Love Fucking questions up in the air as to why. Uh, the easy route is to blame CTE. I don't think it's quite that simple. There's a few other factors. I mean we don't, I don't we don't have I don't have any breaking news on it, but maybe a lot of people don't know about what happened. And just if you don't know who Crispin Y is, I mean he's just a giant neck. That's when you're actually strong. You yeah. can't fake a huge neck. Uh he basically was one of the it's like his personality kind of sucked.
0: Yeah.
1: He didn't have like you know, I would love to do a Chris Benoit impersonation, but he didn't really even have, like, a unique voice at all. So for the people that don't know what CTE is, what is it? I don't even know what it is. Uh, it's CTE, is. it's like, basically, you get a bunch of fucking concussions. Oh. Uh, to the point where it destroys your brain. Um, God damn it, my mind. I'll think of it in just a second. A uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Okay. But it's just concussion after concussion after concussion. And Chris Benoit... He was very tenacious. Like This is the type of dude, if you watch the type of athlete they are when they do pro wrestling, he certainly could have had a career in mixed martial arts, a very physical wrestler. He actually, him and his friend Eddie Guerrero, are basically the catalyst of hitting people with steel chairs. Like That yeah. is their move. That's where it came from. And he was so willing to get hit by chairs. Like They'd done it before, but they did it to an extreme level. Back in the day, <clears throat> someone hit you with a chair, and you know Chris was like, An 80s and 90s wrestler. Yeah. So he was right. I think he was around during the Attitude Era, but he came from WCW. I mean, I'll I'll get into the wrestling details. And I hope I make fucking wrestling nerds mad. That's my number one goal. Okay. Because I could give a shit less. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not an actual art form to me. Mm -hmm. I don't sit at home and think about it. Salute to it. It's fun. Yeah. The Attitude Era fucking rocked for me. Oh, it was the best, man. Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock beefing with each other every week. Mm -hmm. But, But it's never been as good as that. It wasn't as good as that before that. There were cool fucking people, Macho Man, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, all great, but no one and no time in wrestling ever compares the G Generation X versus The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's when it was hot. Chris Benoit, well, I don't remember him. I don't. I remember him being around, but he wasn't like a main character most of the yeah. time. Because like he kind of sucked on the on the microphone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't have a cool personality. He just was hard. Yeah. So he would always wreck people's shit. Put him in crazy submissions. He those crazy eyes, too, man. Yeah. That's usually how you know, dude. And he was also huge. Like, totally fucking sauced out. Yeah. Like, but definitely, like, legitimately strong. A lot of people always think that steroids just make you strong. No. Which is not even close to the case. It was a hard-working fucking dude. I I think they can definitely affect you mentally if you have no idea how to control it or what to do. Yeah. Especially if you're already having mental problems. Well, you know, anyway, we'll dig all into that. The the whole point I'm trying to get at is if you're not familiar with Chris Mm -hmm. Chris Mm -hmm. Benoit, And his plight. He murdered his wife, their son, and himself. Allegedly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> no, nah, it's pretty fucking undisputable. I mean, I went down through all the conspiracies I could find. There's a main one that we'll talk about in in a minute, but we'll just get to like the Benoit life story. Because it does have like a pretty impressive background. Because you don't I don't feel like there's a lot of people, maybe nowadays with uh, internet and freedom of information and things of that nature where you can just figure out what you want to do and pursue it. We have YouTube instructional videos, ways to make contact with people. But I feel like in the 70s and 80s, when you're a kid, you end up becoming a professional wrestler. I always feel like it's a byproduct of something else. Like, yeah. How many people do you think in the 70s were like, I, I want to be a WWF wrestler and then went out and chased it down? I don't know, man. That That era of I mean, for me as a kid, man, just watching some of that crazy shit, that's what thats what you thought MMA was, you know? Yeah. So it was like, man, when I saw Mankind get his face fucking smashed into attacks. Oh, yeah. Dude, that shit blew my fucking mind. I was like, God. Yeah, because, like, attack hurts. Yeah, man. And you know what it feels like. You're stepped on one before. And then you, oh, yeah. And then you, you fucking get paid to get attacks <laughs> smashed <laughs> yeah, in your fucking yeah, 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 face. Yeah. Man, I was in fourth grade, and I saw that. I was like, dude.
0: This is cool, man. You want to see Stone Cold have a psychotic break, murder his wife and child,
1: and then try to decapitate himself? Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> and I just wanted to see him. Uh, I'm going
1: to come in my house right now, open a can of whoop ass all over my wife and son. Boy, <laughs> well, he did that. Man, uh, I was like Stone Cold Rocks, but I always want to see him fucking. Uh, <laughs> Give Sable his cable, man. I always thought that would be a cool yeah. video. I don't know why they didn't have a sex tape. Like, that's... The WWFs really started popping off yeah. when they started showing Sable's knockers all the time.
0: Dude, when I, I remember going to a movie gallery. You know how, like, they'd have the VHS tapes and it would be, like, kind of like documentaries about different WWF wrestlers and shit? Yeah. And then uh, they had one on Sable. And it was just her, like, walking around. She would talk, and it was, like, her matches, but it was just her tits hanging out, but it was, like, no nipple showing. And my grandpa You're trying to was, tell me you came over... Austin's house started jacking off to my wife. Boy, I did. Making tapes. Stone Cold Steve Austin
1: walking around in the backyard. Rattlesnake bikini. Excluded from the clips. You just sat in your room jacking off to Austin's. Well, Austin 318 says, open a can of whoop ass on the fat retard that was jacking off to my wife. <laughs>
0: well, I'll try to
1: get rid of the Lloyd hemorrhoid in my <laughs> imagination. <laughs> Damn, what if you got hemorrhoids so big you could fuck somebody with them? Whoa Man that's my dream That's bubble
0: gumming
1: cram my gum On your stupid desk Yeah you gotta set up Like a whole School role play Yeah Where you like Get it but she's just Your desk though <laughs> <laughs> Just like get underneath it And chew it Dude my wife farted In my ass yeah. A couple of weeks ago Yeah I mean it was Like I don't Like it had to have Worked like that Because she was like Giving me a massage Like sitting on my ass <laughs> We were both naked And she farted And it like Was for sure in my ass Did one of you Take a shower first I don't know so Probably was not wet No it was no No it was wet
0: Because I feel like i ass on ass
1: But one's wet It'd be loud fart No nah, it wasn't loud It was hilarious though Yeah it Could was, you feel uh, it? Yeah, yeah 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 It was funny Did you fart it back out No that would have rocked. Would like, just cool. back and forth farting. That's some dumb, like, movie thing, right? Sweet. Fucking fart bird feeding. <laughs> 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 yeah, Chris Benoit was born in Montreal, Quebec, May 21st, 1967, to Michael and Margaret Benoit. Grew up in Edmonton, Alberta. She was built throughout most of his career. That's where he was, you know, built. Like, that's what they brought him out as. We come from Edmonton. Alberta, the Canadian Crippler, the
0: rabid Wolverine, the Closeted Homosexual, Chris
1: Benoit. (sighs) During his childhood and early adolescence in Edmonton, Benoit idolized Tom, the Dynamite Kid Billington, and Brett, the Hitman Hart, of course, after he saw them wrestle at age 12. He trained to become a pro wrestler at the Hart Family Dungeon. Which of course is where Stu Hart taught young Canadians and the rest of his family how to wrestle. He had Owen Hart, Bret Hart. Just imagine Bret Hart being your hero and you go train with his fucking dad. Stu. Yeah, and he uh used to use the sharpshooter, which was the uh signature move of the Hart family, which they definitely didn't invent It's just a figure for leg lock, right? Yeah. So Kentucky spinebreaker. Let me tell you something right now about Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I went to the Hart's family house, and as a child, my neck increased 18 times the size because the penis girth of Stu Hart is unbelievable. Every day, neck exercises. He would say to me, Chris, you don't wanna get suplexed on your head and get knocked out, so what you gotta do is fit this soft dick in your mouth, but then it wouldn't stay soft, it would get hard, and then I would keep doing reps, four sets of 20, 20 sets of 50. And when I got to 100 sets of 100, he would just hit me with creatine protein molecule blend, specialized only to the Heart Family Dungeon.
0: Man, when it? When you get a soft dick in your mouth and it gets hard, that's a reverse blow pop.
1: Yeah. Because you're a little soft when you get through the hard. One time you- I was like watching Real Sex and the dude was like, my favorite thing to do is to just pull it out soft and then she puts her mouth on until it, it gets hard. I nah. was like, dude, I've never in my fucking life nah. had someone, if I knew someone was going to touch my dick, has it ever been even close to soft? Yeah. If I was in a car with a woman and like, I was just hard. You know what I mean? Are we in the same space, alone together? I'm rock hard. <laughs> There's no way. Oh, yeah, you gotta prep, man. Because like I don't know, I'm, prepping. People, I'm just ready to rock. That's what I'm saying, man. Fuck it. If if I my
0: my bones getting pulled out, I want to make sure it's good, man. it's embarrassing.
1: I remember. One, yeah, man. I got an old fucking. I remember one time that I was hanging out with this girl. Right, she was like dating my friend. But even, why would you know? I was just at her house. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying we we're watching yeah, a movie. Yeah. She like laid her head in my lap, and I was like, oh man. And then, a, like, instantly right away, I got a heart on. Yeah. And I, like, was, like, trying to do that thing where you, like, like, try to suck it back in. We like, pulling your butt away from me. You yeah, know what Yeah, but I'm your like, baseball bat Oh, man. Just, like, drug it across her fucking face through pants. I was, like, she, I figured like, you know, you know she was furious. Why? I don't know. She was, like, do you have an erection? <laughs> I was, like, don't call it that. Am <laughs> I a teenage boy? Why are you calling it by its real name? Uh, erection? Yeah. Erection? Yeah, she didn't like that shit. And uh, she told the guy, and I was like, man, I don't know what to tell you. She put her head in my lap, and they broke up with each other. And then she asked me to come over to her house again. I was like, no way. You fucking told on me. (laughs) God. That's why she's like, I have drug across my face. It's fucking fuck baloney, and I've decided that we probably shouldn't be together anymore. Chris has a nice cock. No, he broke up with her. Oh. He was mad. Cause she told him that I like rubbed my dick on her and I was like, bud, I was watching th- literally the mighty ducks. <laughs> and she put her head on my lap and my dick got hard. I can't yeah. help that. And then he was like, She put your head her head on your lap. I was like, Yeah, dude. How else would my bone rub across her face? I was just trying to sit there. You
0: should just told him out oh, man, the Bash brothers came on and I just couldn't yeah, help her. myself. They're
1: talking about Pantera. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, man. Mm. Bone to tone. Yeah, training in the fucking dungeon. Benoit started actually wrestling himself in 1985 as soon as he was a legal adult. Age of 18. Two-heart stampede wrestling promotion.
0: Goddamn.
1: He, he kind of took Tom Billington's act right away. Everyone knew he idolized him. Uh, very similar set of moves, including the diving headbutt and the snap suplex, which gave homage to, And uh, he started calling himself Dynamite Chris Benoit as a salute to his favorite wrestler. Now... This motherfucker would never stop doing the diving headbutt, which again, great way to make yourself retarded. Oh yeah. Uh CT but CT is a very real problem. It's not, I guess it's really not funny to say that you're ret- I probably I definitely probably have like some I've had. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, me too, man. So, yeah, short-term shit going on. You decided
0: good time to get into a cage and fight somebody with your hands and feet. Yeah, want to look <laughs> cool. Yeah. When it proved to everyone you're a tough guy, yeah Now you're 34 years old And you're probably retarded Oh, yeah Yeah, I'm fucking Can't f- use chopper sticks anymore, yeah You can't? Can't use a mechanical pencil without breaking the lead, yeah
1: Yeah, I'm fucking feebed <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably got one more macho man in there Before I'm like mute <laughs> You
0: like blowing your eardrums I out? No, my yeah, fucking voice is all r- gone. Yeah, it makes me red, red, dude. I gotta
1: reach for it. You know, <laughs> prolapse your fucking buds out of but your ear. But also, what I, I like most of the time, but I do an impression, it's like someone else's impression of an impression, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Macho Man's direct from the source, and dude, he was always straining. I don't think that he was like, he never had like a relaxed time. No, man. Like his normal talk was strained, and then when he would really rage, like his those fucking veins would just fucking. And then. But, but yeah dude, he's, he's banging those Fucking Alabama colostomy bags <laughs> Yeah man. Yeah Fucking steroids and meth
0: man That's why he's all tense
1: Probably cocaine He had money Oh yeah yeah Best for the poor Dude when this beer Gets room temperature It is gross <laughs> Yeah You got a room temp beer Yeah it just cooled down I had a refrigerator Right in front of me But I chose to ignore it Um, all right, man. I guess we were drink drinking fast The first time Benoit Tried the diving headbutt He fucked the landing up and got knocked out. Did not try it again until he had a little bit more robe control, which, God, if he were just stuck with that, you ding-dong, maybe wouldn't be in the spot. His debut match was a tag team match on November twenty second, 1985, in Calgary, Alberta, where he tagged team with the remarkable Rick Patterson against Butch Moffitt and Mike Hammer, which Benoit's team won the match after Benoit pinned Moffitt with a sunset flip. Mike Hammer (laughs) Dude, I like how he didn't have like a wrestling alias It was just Mike Hammer That's cool, man It's me, Mike the Hammer Hammer (laughs) I've been lifting weights and fucking sluts But the real problem is I'm a closeted homosexual I want to get my asshole hammered by a strong man But it's heavily frowned upon in this profession
0: I don't think it was,
1: man. <laughs> you don't know anything about Mike Hammer? Well, I do, man. He's probably getting the whole fucking... He's getting a finger pissed when he's getting jacked, you know? Yeah, but like my whole fucking bit for this thing is that everyone's gay. Oh, yeah. I'm for roots. <laughs> <I'm laughs> That's my whole bit for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The first title Benoit ever won was the Stampede British Commonwealth Mid-Heavyweight Championship. That sounds pretty fucking prestigious. If your championship's got nine words, then you're not a champion. You know what I mean? Commonwealth. What I did is I went out there and I tried my best and I whooped ass until finally I won the Stampede British Commonwealth Mid-Heavyweight Closeted Homosexual Gay experience with my youth pastor heavyweight championship on March 18th, 1968 against Gamma Singh, who was a closeted homosexual (laughs) Indian man. He smelled like curry, and I came in a hurry. Prestigious. During his run in Stampede, he won four international tag team matches and three more. British Commonwealth titles. What the fuck is a British Commonwealth title? I don't know. It sounds cool. I don't cool, think though, they really? had commonwealths anymore in the fucking 80s. Man. I said 60. I meant 88. I need to get greeting glasses, bitch. During his <laughs> run in Stampede, he won... Uh, look at that. He had lengthy feud with Johnny Smith that lasted over a year, in which both men traded back and forth the British Commonwealth title. I'm tired of hearing about that bullshit title. In 1989, Stampede closed its doors... Got a recommendation from Bad News Allen, and he went off to the still-running <laughs> Bad News Allen, dude. That's just the guy. That's it, His boy. finishing move is telling you you have AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> you know how I cut myself where I got out of here and wiped that blood on you? No, he just tells you the bad news. He's like... Oh, he's just got papers? He's, yeah, he's a fucking... He's Mari, man. Does a moon... Yeah, he does a fucking moonsault off the top rope and lands in Mount, and now you're yeah. pinned beneath him. He's like, I gotta tell you something right now! You got AIDS. You can't get it from women, so that can only mean one
0: thing. <laughs> it's me, bad news, Allen. <laughs> God damn it. Oh bad news. I actually. got you for the count of three. Your mom's dying of leukemia right now. You're here. They need you home. You're not gonna make it in time. Bad news, Alan strikes again. Woo! <laughs> 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 ah, damn, man. I like that boy. <laughs>
1: I fucked your dog to death. That's not bad news for me, I guess, because he can't tell anybody. Shit I just did. Bad news, Alan. Ah!
0: Allen, Allen, give me the news. No, I need to trim up my pubes.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Bad news, Allen. kind of fucking rocks, man. We just made him cool for the first time. Uh, whenever Chris Benoit went to New Japan ro- Pro Wrestling, he spent a year training in their New Japan Dojo, which my... Wrestling coach Billy Robinson was there at the time. So yeah. fun fucking fact. He trained Chris Benoit and up until <laughs> I mean I never asked him more than a couple times, we refused to tell me anything about him. Yeah. He was just mad. But he's like, you he didn't have like he didn't have anything to do with him at that time. He was just like, I don't want to speak about the young man. It's like all right. don't <laughs> you suck his dick? <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, look, I'll even shit on my heroes for the laugh on this podcast. I could give a fuck less. Uh, While he was in the dojo, he spent months working out hard as hell. You had no choice yet. It was Carl Gotch, Billy Robinson, and a bunch of Japos making you do all types (laughs) of crazy fucking... Why did you laugh? That's not a slur. He just sounds like a slur. I guess that's why it's cool.
0: It is so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he made his Japanese debut in 1989 wearing a mask when he assumed the identity. Look at this, man! It's like, yo, What do you wear a mask for, like, be a mysterious force, right? Yeah. Like you want to, you want to be intimidating. You know what I mean? Like, what you, you, you wouldn't like? Why would you wear a mask other than to be like an? It's an intimidation factor, right? I guess, yeah. It's like, man, here I am, Crispin Wall over here in Japan. They like a gimmick. They like a shtick. How am I going to be intimidating? A, I'll come up, I'll put a mask on, hide behind it like I've always been doing with my closeted homosexuality, and then I'm going to call myself the Pegasus Kid. That way no one will know I'm gay. Pegasus is the gayest of fucking mythological <laughs> yeah, yeah. creatures. It's a fucking <laughs> horse that flies. Yeah, man. Flies no to serve to up and heapings of You know what? This is what I always hate about, like, Greek mythology versus, like, Norse mythology is, dude, sure, you know, Odin may have a chariot. You know who drives this chariot? No, him. Wolves. Oh, that's cool. Of course it's cool. You mean runs it, but he Greek mythology. It, yeah. It's a flying ho- a white flying horse.
0: That's like, us. there's
1: no way a horse with wings... Does not suck dick. No man, because they already have the mouth. They already do that thing with their lips. You know what I mean? Just yeah. <laughs> they're just looking for.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they treat dicks like we treat pasta. You know when you hear that one pasta is on the plate. And you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. dude, I'm telling you right now, their teeth are terrifying. But if you can get past that idea. A horse probably sucked the shit out of your dick, dude. Damn, oh, man. yeah, I remember Tony the Blowjob party. Yeah, man. A horse knows how to suck a dick, man. That's kind of what the thing that they're into. Anyway, the Pegasus kid, definitely not gay. Benoit went on to spend the next couple of years in Japan winning the best of the Super Juniors tournament twice, 93 and 95. He went on to win the inaugural Super J-Cup tournament in 1994, <laughs> defeating Black Tiger Guido. And the great Sasuke in the finals. All right, dude, I'll just sk- I'll just skip it. <laughs> I don't want to get too slur heavy. <laughs> he wrestled outside of New Japan occasionally to compete in Mexico and Europe, where he won a few regional championships, including the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship of the World. Brother, damn. He held the title for a year, having many. Forty plus minute matches with Volano the Third, a fucking name we all remember from that time he was alive, I guess. Tommy Pizzarelli's uncle. Hey, it's fucking me, Volano. You know, I was holding this light heavyweight championship here. Would have been heavyweight championships, except the fact that I can't stop down in zones. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing about this, Mr. Benoit. I heard about your poutine, alright? Me and my moms, we went from the Bronx, New York City. We saw what a poutine was over there, huh? Yep. You take the potato, you put the gravy on it, and I got to tell you, it's fucking garbage. You think that's how Sworn Enemy started? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That, sworn yeah, Enemy. For the, the,
1: the, Their hate for poutine Sworn me, Enemy. Let me tell you this. I don't know who Velano the Third was, other than a definite greasy Italian from New York. It's me, Valano the Third. That could only be yeah. yeah. Here's what I do: I take the pants from my tracksuit, all right? Sure, I lost this match, but what I did was I got tracksuit pants. I got number 42 sandpaper. I rubbed it all over the pants. You can almost see through them. You can't quite, but you almost can. There's almost a hole, but there's not. And what does that do? It gives a very thin layer between my Italian stallion, if they catch my drift, it's a penis, and a stripper. That's right. I go to the strip club, and I wear my pants that I sand it down so there's barely any area between my penis and a stripper. So when she goes to give me a lap dance, eh, it rubs all over it on top of that. You know Villano the is using his hair grease for lubrication. So what do I do, huh? What do I fucking do, you know? I fucking get a hot on, yeah, and I fucking rub it down with grease, huh? Eh? Yeah, and then I got my shooting pants on, huh? Eh? Shooting pants, and then she fucking rubs the ass on it, and I come on her. They don't like that, but I do it anyway. I don't give a fuck. I'm Valano the Third. Do you feel like Italian, like New York Italian fucking strip clubs probably have like a cappuccino machine? Yeah, you gotta stay awake. Yeah, and send me an espresso, huh? Eh? Yeah, I try to, sure try to make sure I'm hard. Trying to make sure I'm hard. Fucking hate scones That shit sucks Is a scone An Italian thing? It's gotta be It's just a hard paste. They're actually really good It's just like The Starbucks one Is garbage Which is the only place Most of us have had them You know what I'm yeah, saying? I don't know They're really not like that It's just like a dusty triangle <laughs> And it's <they start laughs> not dry dude What the fuck You made something That dry for? I don't know you man You sell it People buy it What's your problem? No I've had good ones I've never had a good one I'm just not I'm not a sconesman Sconesman
0: a Sconesman I'm a bonesman.
1: <laughs> 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 you hit that good because I gotta actually swallow my drink before you fucking blasted that down. Yeah, you went from the WWF. Sorry, back in the day, it's so like the WWF at this time, from what I understand, if you're wrestling look, if you underst- if you know about wrestling like in the early nineties, you're the worst person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're sit like you know how people have stats of sports in their head? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous, it's, but even more ridiculous if it's professional wrestling. It was like, well, actually, what I'm about to say is, that you could be like a only sometimes wrestle in the WWF. You didn't have like a permanent contract. Yeah. So he's like in New Japan. You could just float around, and I think you can still do that with like all the ind- independent organizations. Uh, I think all independent means now is not WWE. Back in the day, you could, like, also sneak in there and do some matches. So he had the light heavyweight championship, but he wasn't, like, a full-time employee. He wasn't traveling with them, in yeah. other words. But he, he knew everybody in the fucking locker room. He started coming around. And then that's when he got bought up with the full contract by World Championship Wrestling. Uh, he started doing that only in between tours of Japan. Because I, mean, I bet you got paid way more in Japan at the time. You know what I'm saying? Because they're, like, so extreme about any type of combat, anything. And they love like theater and shit. So they were so like, New Japan Wrestling is still fucking huge. Like, uh, we were in the hotel room this weekend and David got a giant, disgusting pig off a of tw- Tinder. Yeah. And I was like, we, the, the fucking promoter of the club was like, you guys each have your own bedroom. It's a suite. It's like, all right. And it was so basically, it was like a living room with a pullout couch and then like an actual bedroom. Yeah. Which is good because, like, at least I didn't have to smell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm hanging out, and he was, like, telling me he he found somebody that was, like, probably going to slide through. I was like, man, like, I can go find something to do. I'm pretty drunk. I don't really care. He's like, no, it's all good. And, like, we'll figure something out. He made you watch? No. No one can make me do anything. (laughs) Say you just watched? Yeah, she, like, hit the door, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. He was like, this is my friend Chris. I was like, I'm gay. <laughs> that was my move. Yeah. So she wasn't How worried. big were we talking? I mean, God, she probably... She was tall, too. Probably 250. Woo! But David's... You know, it was fine. I was yeah. with it. Like, I, It was cool. Anyway, the point is... Hey, I just feel like he comes max sauce. I was... Oh, come on, man. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> be a shithead. I know, it's cool, man. Max sauce is good. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean... It sounded like she was having a great time. Yeah. She was busting. And to (laughs) distract myself from that while I was trying to fall asleep, New Japan Wrestling was on. And, like, this dude I used to train with, with Billy Robinson, he was, like, the wrestling coach at our gym. I trained with a whole bunch. Uh, The British Bulldog son, Davy Boy Smith, used to come train with him. And, like, that dude is definitely 100,000% gay as shit. Yeah. But just, like, won't be that, which I don't understand. It's like, dude, no one cares. Yeah. 2019 you'd probably actually be a fucking hero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he would like wear basketball shorts and Jordans would be all like shaved and tanned and greasy. It's just like I just knew. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's in the air. I could smell it.
0: <laughs> no, he just really likes fucking uh, madball, man.
1: No. I mean it's actually the same, yeah. It's like real like if you if he was that but like had leg hair and didn't shape his eyebrows up, then yes. Okay. I don't think anyone that likes Madball would like tan either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like intentional tanning. Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird one. And I think that's like a wrestling thing. He was doing WWE at the time. But anyway, he was wrestling on New Japan. I was like, man, it's crazy. But there was uh, so many fucking people in the audience. Holy shit. Yeah. It was way bigger than American wrestling. So I'm, the whole point is I'm guessing he was probably cashing out big time is why he didn't come over to America right away. Uh While he was touring in Japan, he would spend the time off over at WCW. Uh, He was a dominant wrestler uh, in World Championship Wrestling, and he got the nickname as the Crippler after he put Rocco Rock out. Dang. Rocco Rock. Thanks for tuning in to 99.3. We got a solid hour of kick-ass rock-rock. Behind the control, that gets me, Rocco Rock. One thing I've definitely never done is sucked a dick before. Definitely never been out with a man past my curfew. Opened his fly up inside of an I Rock Camaro. Pull that thing out and put my mouth all over it. That would be gay. That's something we don't do here at Rocco Rock ninety nine point three.
0: He invites you back to fuck, and he's like, "Come on into the Cialis Palace." <laughs> <laughs>
1: 99.3 Rocco Rock. I took Cialis, I took it eight hours ago. The beauty of Cialis over Viagra right here on Rocco Rock, because you can take it and then wait till you're in the mood. Damn, I got like a thunder hit, right?
0: When yeah, you dude. We summoned looks him. like
1: that is what yeah, the fucking ghosts of Rocco Rock's furious were insinuating that he could probably be gay. <laughs> he comes and makes thunder noises. Oh no, they found out. <laughs> August 1994, he competed in a one night, eight man tournament for the vacant NWA World Heavyweight Championship. He lost a two cold Scorpio in the <laughs> quarterfinals, which I'm pretty sure is a black guy, in the quarterfinals. November 2 uh, Remember pay per view event. Benoit accidentally broke Sabu's neck in the opening seconds of the match. Shit. The injury occurred when Benoit threw Sabu with the intention that he'd take a face-first pancake bump, which means you go flat and bounce off. But Sabu attempted to turn midair and took a backdrop bump instead. Didn't rotate enough and landed directly on his head. Shit. After the match, Benoit returned to the locker room and lost his fucking mind over the possibility that he paralyzed Sabu. Of course, you'd be bummed out, man. Sabu is a legend. You don't want to break that guy's neck. You feel bad about it. It's your fault. Even though it kind of sounds like it was Sabu's fault. Yeah. Fuck. Paul Heyman, who I'm told still is like a wrestling manager, and he's like with Brock Lesnar now, just a fat, disgusting, bald spot, ponytail. I mean, I think it's like a character that he came up with to start with, but then just became that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just gout the person. Sweating without any physical activity. Absolutely. We're yeah. just. Uh, he was the head booker of ECW at the time. He came up with the idea of continuing the title Crippler and that just becoming the moniker for Benoit. From that point until his departure from ECW, he was simply known as Crippler Benoit. Then when he went into the WCW as a full-time contracted wrestler, they changed his rename name to the Canadian Crippler, Chris Benoit. It's me, eh, the Canadian Crippler, Chris Benoit, eh. I'll tell you one thing right now, eh. You marry me, and I'll fuck you up, eh. That's a tradition in Canada. That's what people don't know about. They think we're all sweet and maple syrup up here well, that's true until I catch you fucking around, and then I'll snap your goddamn neck like a moose pussy, all right? That's what I'm going to do to you, okay? <laughs> you want to fuck around with Chris the Crippler Canadian Benoit, eh? You know what the gravy on top of poutine is? Your cunty blood, you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> cunty
0: blood! That, that, is, blood. that, that of course,
1: do. is not me saying that. It's, it's the it's voice. Uh, Chris, Sometimes I feel like people forget that my impersonations have nothing to do with me as a person. That's right, yeah.
0: I might go off the rails and say the N word, yeah, but I'm dead beyond the grief so I can see. N- <laughs> you're, a, you're a you're a channeler, man. You channel yeah. They people. just come to they me. They come to you, you and you talk. They say it, and just, I don't know what yeah. to
1: do. You know? Yeah, that's why you got to
0: have a notepad ready,
1: to write it down, so you can go give them the message to whoever they need it to be told to. Isn't that what uh, Aleister Crowley was doing? I don't know. I think yeah, just like. Alistair Crowley is like contacting spirits from beyond the grave to like get their message from the other world. Is like, oh, oh, I feel the spirit. is coming inside of me. It's telling me. It's telling me. Your aunt, uh, her name starts with a B. No, F. No, a B. No. Yes, her name is Janet, yes. This is what she's telling me. Yes, well Janet says that for you to get closure, you're going to have to fuck me in the ass. That's right, fuck me in the ass and then cream pie me. Janet says I can't get pregnant because I'm a man. No, don't worry, it's not gay, it's spiritual. Open my anal chakra. With your giant penis. Yes, Janet knows it's giant. I told you I was psychic. I know it's huge. It's a coke can. Well, they know the coke is something they will invent. Just put that big thing in my hot ass. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he would do, and he would just write it down and fucking murmur, and then he'd, <laughs> he that guy would get done fucking him and be like, too embarrassed to admit it. He'd be like, look, here's the proof. It's the ectoplasm. Yeah. Like, that 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 came from a ghost. It could only
0: come from a ghost or sex. But as you can see, there's only two men here, so there's no possibility of sex. Pretty
1: much. <laughs> Pretty much. Man, that guy had a cool career, dude. He did, man. In the Rise and Fall of ECW book written by Paul Heyman, he commentated that he planned on using Benoit as a dominant heel for a long time before putting the company's main title, the ECW World Heavyweight Championship, on to him to be the long-term champion of the company overall. Meanwhile, Benoit and Dean Malenko won the... I could never tell the difference between those two idiots either. I always thought one was the other. Like, again, no fucking personality. They didn't have a gimmick. Yeah. What's They were just, like, big.
0: Just juiced out fucking wrestling. Yeah, they just all
1: roided out, fucking bright red, running to the fucking ring. Fucking squeezing veins on the other wrestlers. Yeah. Couldn't talk on a microphone f- to save anything. Uh, they won the World Tag Team Championships from Sabu and the Tasmaniac, which Taz was cool. He's yeah, like legitimately man. friends with Biohazard. Nah, that makes sense. He was like, yeah, it's fucking Taz here. You know what the fuck I've been doing? I've been hanging out on the Lower East Side. With fucking biohazard. He looks like a strong ass belly button and pit bull combined. Yeah. Yeah. That way he was like a pit bull. Yeah. He's like a hardcore dude, I guess. Yeah. Doesn't make him cool. I mean, like, those guys definitely are not cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Billy Biohazard is one of the biggest fucking dorks in the history of America. Have you, like, seen his new shit? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, my God. <laughs> he ain't hanging around like Spider. Yeah, like, Evan Seinfeld, giant dork, but I'll tell you one thing he was doing. Fucking holes, brother. Laying pipes. From cash. Big cash. Oh, yeah. Made a ton of money. Made a big dick. Yeah. He's that's got true, a big dick. He could hold it for a long time, he's too. He still got abs, and he's like 50. He doesn't have abs anymore. Oh, okay. He's not fucking anymore. I saw a picture of him not that long ago. He's like, he produces films now. Oh. Which, that's got to be a tight gig. He's just like, yeah, brother. Tell him. Tell him where to put it. I need to get more of that side hog. You got to turn more to the left. More (laughs) side hog. You've seen your front hog. I said more side hog. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us from the fart side. Yeah. After they won, they were initiated to the triple threat stable led by ECW world heavyweight champion Shane Douglas. That is where they recreated the Classic fucking collaboration of the Four Horsemen, brother. The team lost the championship to the Public Enemy that April at ECW Three-Way Dance. Now, you remember the first fucking Four Horsemen. It was way better. You I mean, went from, like, all the personality to no person It was Arn Anderson, Ric Flair. Well, that's all. You can just stop there. Because I really honestly don't think I remember who the other two are, but it did. Oh. Uh, I think it. T- I think Ric Flair came back to it, but originally, we're talking Rick fucking the Nature Boy Flair. Now that is a man who could cut a promo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, good. He still can. Yeah, he almost died again not that long ago, dude. I heard. I heard uh, Rick Flair on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. It was like one of the few fucking podcasts I listened to, and he was t- <laughs> like, it was like because all Stone Cold does now, he doesn't even make new ones. He just plays old ones over and over again. Yeah. But the Ric Flair one, it was like right when Ric Flair came out of the fucking hospital. And he was talking to Ric Flair, like asking him what what was up with his health. And Rick was like, it ain't no problem, baby. Woo! I was just partying all night long. I had a friend come in from Dallas, Texas to make me custom Ric Flair ostrich skin boots. Woo! And then we went out to drinking. Woo! And I forgot that my sister's family was coming into town. Woo! So we had to do some of that fine powder, if you catch my drift. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Woo! One thing led to another, people just kept coming. And five days later, I was in the hospital with what they called
0: cocaine-induced emphysema. Woo!
1: Man, being that old and doing cocaine—hell yeah, dude! Cool and rough. He's still doing it, man. He's still—he looks like a goddamn ghoul, but whatever. Yeah. Fucking four fucking horsemen. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a cool fucking gimmick, dude. Just the four thing. Uh, he spent time in ECW. His fucking main feud was the Steiner brothers, which uh, fucking pretty cool. Which one of them? W- one of them was Too Cold Scorpio, which really sounds like a black wrestler. You know what I mean? I guess I don't know. It sounds like a wrestling. Oh, Too Cold Scorpio. Yeah. Who cares about horoscopes? Women and what? wrestlers. <laughs> come on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take it How out. It this is. Is a black guy. God damn it, dude. Look at me. Who knows the wrestling entertainment business like no one else? A lot of people. Yeah, I don't know anything about it, but I knew I could make a prediction. I mean, come on, doggy. I'm looking for now? Craig, man. Yeah. He's probably so cool, because imagine you had to be around all these fucking idiots, like, <laughs> and just a bunch of fucking white maniacs, like, yeah. Man, but it the, does look pretty goddamn cool, dick, man. She that now that is racist. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> nah. I got problems, man. I'm really not trying to do to do that. But it, it it reads all weird. But anyway, the Steiner brothers. If I was black and I was around them, I would definitely hate them. I hate would hate them anyway. Do big the big Papa Pump? Yeah, Scott Steiner he owns his Shonies in Tennessee. That's cool, man. No, it's not. That's big pop fucking pop Yeah, just you're trying to fucking go to the breakfast buffet and get, like, unripe honeydew and powdered donuts, and here he is just fucking kissing his goddamn muscles. They did math equations. I came out on top. I put steroids in my dick. That guy shot steroids in his dick 100%. Oh, yeah, he was huge, man. God damn. Yeah, he was a fuck. I'm a genetic freak. you going to eat these powdered donuts because I'm fucking not. Is he still Jack? I don't know. I would love to know. I, do, of course, you don't like. That's, yeah, that's yeah. you can't stop because if he stopped, then he couldn't fuck anymore. Like once you're all sauced up like that, dude, and you quit, your dick ain't work no more, doggy. Was that's fucking not, like, shuts. Not the other thing Viagra could do for he's you. He's got
0: some like older women in there, and he fucking shuts the doors at Shoney's. He's like, hey, it's closed. You're a genetic freak. We're fucking her, opening up a bonies. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, bitch. You Here's want the, the menu. buffet or the menu?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome to Boaties. All you can eat, styder ass. And then <laughs> <laughs> they, they both wrestled in college, Rick and Scott. Because Rick, yeah. Rick's gimmick was just like get, cut the sleeves off of a varsity jacket and wore headgear and shit. Tight. But that motherfucker wrestled like, I think he was like a fucking All American or some crazy shit like that. The bad son of a bitch. Big, strong you had those fucking sweet handlebar mustache. You remember that? You know what I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I was look looking at some shit the other day, and I found a Big Papa Pump, like an old 90s-ass Big Papa Pump shirt. Woo! Somebody took a picture of it. I was like, man, that's cool, ah. dude. Yeah, so he got kicked out of the ECW when his work visa expired. Heyman was supposed to renew it, but he fucked up, was blasted on cocaine, I'm sure, and forgot about it. He left as a matter of job security and the ability to enter the U.S., Went back to Japan, who doesn't care about work visas, because if they did, we will drop two nuclear bombs on that ass again. Now, Japan knows to never <laughs> fuck around. Like, samurai culture, that's all cool. Swords, that's scary. You guys wilded out. You took some methamphetamine. You flew planes and stuff. But Jesus Christ, we absolutely wiped out an entire countryside for no reason. Japan already surrendered. We just did it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Did you fuck? And then, you know what is the worst part about that? Is that the rest of Japan, if they would have been abiding by their rules of warfare, they should have all done a harikari. I think that's what we thought. That's why we didn't blow yeah, the whole yeah, thing yeah. up because we just wanted to watch everyone go. Hee! That sounds like a squirt video. It's an oddly similar sound. It is. Yeah. You can't ever. T- <laughs> I can't, I can, never mind, dude. You can get that I'm Wii going you. too far, man. <laughs> <laughs> Will you? I don't ever know what's working anymore, man. I've gone too far down being edgy. The problem is with being funny, it's like, you know, edgy people, they just try to be edgy. But then, yeah. like, some things are hilarious, like the fact that it sounds like you're torturing Japanese women with sex. Yeah. <laughs> I just tried not to say it. I said it anyway. But that's the truth, right? Like, I've, watched, we've all seen Japanese porn. Yeah. They don't sound like they're having a good time. No. You can't really tell if you look at their face. <laughs> it's <not> like, looking,
0: <laughs>
1: God damn it. Like, are you fucking trying to contact your ancestors right now? What are you doing? Oh shit! (laughs) Fucking, you going to the fish market? I don't know what's happening right now. (laughs) What are you doing? Shit's out like a a bamboo stick that has a tablet. Yeah, read to read to you before fucking battle happens. Yeah, I dated that Japanese girl for a little bit. She fucking sucked, dude. Yeah, it was like (laughs) nothing cool about it. Just that one or all of them? What are we talking about? No, no, not all of them. <laughs> I, like, it wasn't like a fetish for me. She was like hardcore was around, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she was like, you know, the better looking than me, definitely. I you know, thought I saw a fucking opportunity, but she was just like, so boring. Does she smell bad? I mean, th- what's bad, relatively? Does know. she smell like fucking fermented things and fish? Yes, but that oh. was just the culture. But Her pussy was like... Um Stinky-o? Yeah, I mean, it's just like... She wasn't really down. Like, maybe they don't enjoy sex. I don't fucking know. She didn't seem very happy about it. It's not like I'm fucking stretching out new territories. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, She was just not into fucking very much. It could have been me. Who knows? But that's something I can't get behind, brother. I got to drain it. Ooh. Pipe cleaner. Plus, I I always like to... I'm going off the rails though yeah, yeah, <laughs> Wish we had some rails To get on Hell yeah dude We, pop <laughs> so we do some Real wrestling shit Well I didn't like Yeah that is a Real culture Like if you're not Fucking blessed And fucking lions And popping fucking pills You're out of Enjoying wrestling That's the whole movement I felt like we should have Just gotten fucked off On pills Until the podcast We Could have been in the Frame of mind yeah. They just started screaming Like how do you cut Promos like that What the fuck's a promo Brother Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so finally, WCW called, offered him big money. He wanted to secure his work visa. Brought his dumbass back over to America. Uh, when they brought him back in, uh, they he impressed the higher ups with his work. He was approached by Ric Flair, woo, and the booking staff to become a member of the Reformed Four Horsemen in 1995, along with Ric Flair himself, Arn Anderson, and Brian Pillman which is fucking such a funny name for a professional wrestler because that is what they all were. Brian, what's your fucking angle? Well, hell, my back hurts, so I take pills. It stopped hurting, and I had already been taking pills, so I just kept taking pills. Now they call me the Pillman. (laughs) Man, you know who the fucking worst wrestler ever was on that shit, though? Who's the worst shit? Disco Inferno. Remember that motherfucker? Oh yeah. Dude that guy I think that dude just like literally wrestles since, like the seventies. He's just one of those dudes they always had those guys that like would have to wrestle at the top of the program that they never even like had matches with the superstars. Yeah. I feel Le like La Parka. Who? Remember La Parca? He had that like fucking no. he was a Mexican dude that had that cool ass uh suit. It was like Petushka, but it was like skulls like like a skeleton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The fucking fat skeleton. (laughs) That's hilarious, dude. Like, how are you fucking fat and your gimmick is being a skeleton? Like, (laughs) you could pick somebody else to be a fucking skeleton. You just had to be obese. You're fucking on a form-fitting uniform and then a skeleton. Like, a skeleton is bones. Yeah. You know what bones don't have? He's like, man, I'm just going to fucking be the representation of eating disorders be a fat skeleton oh yeah his body dysmorphia yeah. <laughs> he's like I'm a skeleton on the outside but I'll always be fat on the inside <laughs> no matter what you do to yourself to try to cut it out doesn't matter how you look in the mirror even though you can literally see every bone in your body you're still fat as fuck keep working on it God Man, somebody you know said they had an eating disorder, even though there is no possible way that could have been the truth. <laughs> hey, man. I know a lot of people like that. No, just the one. And it's a cool inside joke that I'm <laughs> all right with keeping to myself. You know yeah, what I mean? But yeah, we can sit yeah. back and laugh about it together. Hell yeah, yeah! And if they happen to hear it, then it's just extra funny because you know who you are and you can't say anything about it. as to not expose yourself for being a terrible Piece of shit. <laughs> uh, he was introduced by Pillman as a gruff, no nonsense heel, similar to what they had in being ECW. The Crippler. He was brought in to add a new dynamic for Anderson and Flair's tormenting of Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, and the alliance to end Hulkamania.
0: <laughs> what?
1: This <laughs> is like fucking just like.
0: Gotta come together, yeah, is run rampant, yeah Gotta get the crew together to stop the nonsense, yeah My four-year-old niece, she's never had sex in her life And somehow she got herself a case of Hulkamania, yeah Running rampant throughout the country, yeah Originally only the gays could catch it, yeah But now somehow Hulkamania's being transferred through blood transfusions, yeah Intervenous drug use, yeah. I heard the other day somebody went to the dentist office and he used the clean, unclean dental tool, and he got himself an uncurable case of hokumania and had never even been with a man before,
1: yeah. The oh they thing in is him saying the n word. Oh, he says it. There's a sex. Have you seen the sex? That's same? what he got. In
0: tri- yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Of course, I watched that. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I just think that Hulk Hogan, I don't think he's racist. I just think he had sex so many times that the only thing that would get him off at this point is saying the N-word. You know what I mean? No, I don't. He's like, I'm, I'm 10 inches deep in your brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm having Hulk's having a hard time breaking it off, brother. Something I got to do about this situation. Now, I know I'm the real American brother, so I'm just
1: going to come out and say it We should call our wives brothers In intimate moments Yeah that shit was What a crazy fucking story That Hulkamania had Yeah I mean he fucking (laughs) Was like America's hero And then he had a reality show And he was like I guess kind of a piece of shit On that show brother But then More importantly He had sex with Radio personality Bubba the love sponge's wife In front of Bubba the love sponge And then, like, the first thing that happened is, while he was doing it, is he just kept continuously saying the N-word. Yeah, wow. And so his wife left, which, because she thought that that was what they had. You know what I mean? It's not that he cheated. It's that he he was saying their special word to somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, this is
0: my wife's safe
1: word. (laughs) (laughs) And so Boba Lussman's just, like, just watched his wife get long. And make no mistake, he's got a huge fucking hog. Oh, yeah? You said you watched it. I uh, know. No, I'm saying, oh yeah, like. Oh, but the yeah. best was that? Like, <laughs> he sued that Gawker company for leaking it out, which like he lost his reality show because he said the N-word. He lost his wife because he was only supposed to say it to her an N-word, and then he fucking sued Gawker for like millions of dollars for the private. This guy that Gawker outed this super rich businessman as being gay. No one knew. And so he was mad at Gawker and funded Hulkamania millions of dollars to sue them until the end and then he won like 120 million off of that trial. Damn. But the best was in front of the fucking Supreme Court. The attorney was trying to frame Hulk Hogan as a liar, right? Yep. And he was trying to talk he was like I'll tell you something brother there's a difference between Hulk brother and Terry brother. Right now you're talking to Terry, brother, but Hulk's an entirely different set of circumstances, brother. So the attorney's like, "All right, let me ask you a question, Mister Hogan. Does Hulk have a 12 inch penis? Well, yeah, brother. Does Terry have a 12 inch penis? No, brother. It's only 10. Hold on. <laughs> Does Hulk really need to lie about the other two inches? Especially on top of that, is that it's like so thick." It's a big dick. Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> I mean, you know, salute to that guy. I don't know how I got. Oh, yeah, because the fucking alliance, the end hulk they finally did it, but then he just got more rich than ever. Yep. It never works. You cannot topple the Hulk. Horseman teamed up with the Dungeon of Doom, but that alliance ended with Dungeon Leader and WCW Booker. Kevin Sullivan feuding with Pillman. Pillman abruptly left the company for the WWF. Benoit was placed into his ongoing feud with Sullivan. The feud came to fruition through a dissension between the two and a tag team match with the two reluctantly teaming up with each other against the public enemy. And then Benoit was attacked by Sullivan at Slambury! This led to the two having violent confrontations at pay-per-view events, which led to Sullivan booking a feud in which Benoit was having an affair with Sullivan's real-life wife, Nancy. Benoit and Nancy were first forced to spend time together to make the affair look real, so they would hold hands and share hotel rooms. Now, that's going back to where uh, my brain's fucking... It's like it was... Uh Andre the Giant and somebody else were like riding in a car together and they were supposed to be mortal enemies at the time. Can't remember who off the top of my brain. Jake the Snake? Perhaps. It was it was two any it may not, it may have been Jake the Snake and somebody else. Two famous wrestlers were caught by a wrestling fan, like riding in a car together. Because this is before the internet, you know what I mean? No one knew the yeah. wrestling was fake. And someone freaked the fuck out. I mean, also they blew it because they were like, What are you guys doing? How are you in a car? You're not fighting right now? After all that shit? You're gonna fucking you'll let it go and it's like, whoa, relax, brother. It's a it's a it's a show. Oh man. And then you can't do that to no fucking geek. <laughs> and you know you had to. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, they, like they could like you couldn't fake it. Like what if a fan was walking by and they peered in the window and Crispin Wall wasn't just flex fucking the hell out of Nancy, you know what I mean? Ooh. Big old rack with a big old neck. Yeah. Their on-screen affair turned into a real-life affair, making Sullivan and Benoit have actual hate for each other. Sullivan's marriage, of course, crumbled, and he attributed his failure failure to Benoit's intervention. Well, I mean, this is a w- weird scenario. Like his wife probably felt weird about because, like, Nancy had been around wrestling for a long fucking time at this point. Like she started out as a valet, do you know what that is? Yeah. Well, in case you don't, it's, like, where, like, before women were, I think she, I think she's actually one of the first women that actually, like, broke loose and actually wrestled, you know what I mean? Yeah. A valet was that you would walk, a, you would be around the, dude. like Miss Elizabeth, right, for Macho Man, most famous. You'd be around a dude, and you would look out for him. So if someone was going to do something illegal, like throw a chair into the ring, you would scream and warn them or try to pull the chair away. You would keep them out of trouble if they were about to get in a fight they weren't supposed to. You keep them out of it. You stand between people. You try to keep the peace. Just you know, basically being a cool girlfriend. Yeah. You know what I mean. And then uh, she branched out and became an actual manager, and she she was doing some actual wrestling too. Like before, you know, are they still called divas right now, or is that like a I don't even know shitty term? It's probably like a PC canceled term. I'm sure can't call a woman a diva anymore. Probably ever since Witty Houston fucking overdosed on cocaine in a bathtub or whatever. <laughs> that was probably the last <laughs> oh, time. Oh, man. Like, that's a bad word now. That's a diva. Shit. <laughs> it happened, right? Yeah. You would call her a diva, right? I don't know. Whatever. Well, yeah, they, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Who cares? I Women are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Gay listen. all the way. <laughs> yeah. This is just like a slowly, eventually. We're just trying to bring everyone in America along with us. That's the whole platform. It's just a Red pull. It is slowly poisoning everyone against women, but not because we really actually think women aren't awesome, it's because we're gay. <laughs> the longer we do, we just want to talk ourselves out of liking women. Yep. I like when you speak for me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I should be able to do, because yeah. you, can't, you can't speak for yourself. You mosh. You went to a fucking, you're, how old are you? 31. Yeah, dude, you, have, you, couldn't, you can't represent yourself. I mean, I'm full of spunk. That is not, that's not spunk. That's spunk. No, dude, that is embarrassing. <laughs> for everybody else, not me. It should be embarrassing. It's very it's embarrassing for me. Like, how are you gonna go mosh into somebody and then I'll like, post go a video. on stage and be like, in case you didn't know who I was <laughs> I'll post a video of it. Of you moshing? Yeah, Seth got one. Yeah, please don't, man. I'm going to, man. Just because you don't want it. On your own account, I guess. Nope. Man. <laughs> I'm to fucking turn you into a slamboree. I wish I was gay so I could just rape you. Man, I would love for you to blow apart my Lamborghini. Well, guess it's happening, folks. <laughs> yeah, live on the air.
0: It ain't going to be the same this year at Slamboree. We're slamming.
1: <laughs> you fuck me, but I just, like, sound like I'm an old lady when you do it. Oh, whatever. I could. Could you just... We uh, <laughs> was talking to David this weekend, too, about, like, There's a lot of parts about being gay that are really cool, but just imagine, like, a dude just, like, puts his hand on your face to, like, pull you in to kiss. You know what I mean? Like, the palm touches your fucking jaw. (laughs) There's just so much where you couldn't, like, you know, he was telling me that, like, one of his more famous friends got his dick sucked by uh, Jamie Foxx at a party. Oh, that's cool. Which it makes so much sense that that guy's giving. He's just like it was like I was like I bet that's pretty cool. Like I'd probably you wouldn't say no to that. You know what I mean? But like all the like all the lead up to it would be fucking garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like hey, come on over here. Well, maybe not, man. You ever had your you ever had your dick sucked by a man who played Ray Charles? You ever. Put on some slow jams and just uh, had a man suck your dick. <laughs> like do all that th- shit would suck, dude. What you do you mean? Think, do you think dudes like foreplay? You're a dude.
0: Yeah. I mean dude, I don't you really, like
1: foreplay? Not really. Well, I mean, what's your <laughs> I hate that I'm gonna ask this. Well, what's your <laughs> what's your normal foreplay routine like? Uh you know, getting getting my dick played with and then my ball shoved out of my shoved in my ass and I fart him out. Oh, okay. And then just keep yeah, doing sure. that. Uh-huh. Kind of like paddle ball. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big fan of it. Yeah, so they got into, like, of course, Sullivan and Benoit got into an actual fist fight with one another. And it was Sullivan's last match. It was his retirement match. Which, dude, that's a pretty good commitment to, like, the wrestling business. It's like, all right, you know, I'm going to put you in a room with my wife. Pretend to be married. I hope you guys don't actually have sex. Of course they did (laughs) It's just like What a nightmare Pounds his wife They start actually dating each other Which is even worse Like It's all bad news for Sullivan You know what I mean Yeah And Sullivan's whole gimmick Was being a a Satan worshipper Yeah Which is like a pretty cool Fucking gimmick to have Especially in the 90s That wasn't like a You know It's cool now Like now you would just like Come out the ghost You know what I mean I guess yeah, that's what they would do, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right? what they do, yeah. Yeah. Well, There's that one dude, Aleister Black. He comes out to, like, terrible, like, fake black, like, Behemoth or some shit. Oh, fun. And he's doing it. He's a, like, like, his wrestling, like, everything's cool about him except, like, the Behemoth parts. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure he likes ghosts and shit like that is really what it seems like. Who knows? But he's like, anyway, point is, he had the satanic gimmick going on. Which is what led to fucking nerd. Like, not only did he slam this guy's wife, steal her away, but it like that was you know if people thought that Sullivan killed Chris Benoit, right? Yeah, and no one was ever like he fucked his wife. They were like he is a Satan (laughs) worshipper. It's not that it's not so much that he dicked his wife away from him. Like he he fucked his wife like so well that she just left forever. But it's not that. It's the devil They got a hold of him. And he took a pack of Satan worshippers to go kill Chris Benoit and his family. Could you... What's Have you ever seen a Satan worshipper that was physically imposing upon anybody? No. Or even close to it? It's just like fats. Yeah. The girls are fat and the dudes are like grotesque. Yeah, they're like tall, librarian-looking motherfuckers. How many Satanists do you think it would take to kill Chris Benoit? None. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just impossible. He <laughs> can't kill Crispin Waugh yeah. physically. You, know, like, what, you make Crispin Waugh watch his family get murdered? Who the fuck's gonna do that? I exactly. couldn't do that. No, nah, I mean. I, I know how to fight. Crispin Waugh probably doesn't legit know how to. But man, when he's all fucking jacked up and greased out, yeah. you're you gonna hold him down? You're not gonna get a hold that fucking guy? Nope. It's gonna be a nightmare. Like, you're gonna fucking go through it. It's not gonna. It, like, you can't kill. Chris Benoit's kid in front of him, and it just is not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a whole there's there's a a, ghost a, here. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the ghost of Chris Benoit, like, fucking, they did, they, the devil did kill me. <laughs> or it's an
0: Asian woman you dated playing a flute
1: outside. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. <laughs> Benoit started having a good career. That was Bash of the Beach, by the way. Um was, and it, like the, the, he went to retirement, but then he became a booker, which is where he was making way more money. And Benoit left WCW with his best friends Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Pat Saturn. Oh yeah, I remember Pat Saturn. Yeah forfeiting his title in the process. That's when he left over to, at the time, the WWF. Now they call it the WWE. People still get mad when you call it WWF, but that's what it was the entire time I grew up. So I slip up. Number one, I don't care about a legitimate wrestling fan's feelings. Number two, does it really matter? Because you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Along with his friends that left the WCW, they made the group The Radicals with a Z to make sure that they're actually radical, Align themselves with Triple H, becoming a full-fledged heel faction. This is before DX, obviously. WrestleMania 2000, he won by pinning Chris Jericho in a triple threat match to win Kurt Angle's Intercontinental Championship. Early 2001, Benoit broke away from the radicals and turned face, which if you don't know these dumb wrestling terms, a heel is a villain, a face is a good guy. So a lot of times, they'll go one way or the other. Like, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the greatest of all time because he is a fucking... Heel face, Like, he's bad, but he's good. He just keeps it fucking rolling. He's entertaining in all regards. Uh, but, you know, usually probably the people that we like are heels, right? Like, yeah. the Rock's a fucking heel. I, well, I guess he was kind of a heel face, too. Yeah. I liked O'Kane, man, before he took his mask off. Yeah, you liked it just when he didn't talk. It was just big. Yeah. <laughs> he's just out there. Paul Barrett talking. Kane! Taker left you in that
0: fire. (laughs) He's your brother. Just because you sucked your brother's cock doesn't mean you
1: deserve to burn up in that trailer fire. Hell yeah. (laughs) That was a fight, and then they just, like, weren't even brothers. That's when I realized God's not real at all. It's Like, if Paul Bear is lying to me, then there's no way Jesus died on the cross. You know what I mean? Yeah, I tell you what scared the fuck out of me, too, man. Is whenever old, either Undertaker or Kane would choke slam motherfuckers
0: into coffins through the ring. Hell yeah. That scared the shit out of me as a child. My God, he killed him, buried him in the ground. He's got a family. He can't do that. Fuck my ass.
1: That's what happened to his eye. I got fucked. Yeah, he got he got uh Bell's policy. That was was so fucking funny he to got me. He his bell rung by a dick. Cause, yeah. I didn't know what Bell's policy was, and like he got it, and I felt bad about laughing at him, but like I used to watch that shit with my grandpa when I was a little kid, and he was like, No, Bell's policy goes away. I was like, Oh, so it's just for a little while? And he was like, Yeah, I was like, Oh, so it's funny. And he was like, Yeah.
0: <laughs> Bro, we were talking one thing. Come so down talking to another. <laughs> I can't get my bottom lip to work anymore. <laughs> and now I just sound like a am roast beef sandwich <laughs> telling you about things. It's
1: going to be very hard to say the N-word like right there. <laughs> <laughs> Arby's. Yeah, so uh, Benoit just ended up <laughs> beefing with Kurt Angle, which Kurt Angle would literally murder Chris Benoit in real life. Yeah. Kurt Angle won an Olympic gold medal. Kurt, uh, Chris Benoit took it away from Kurt Angle in a fucking, you know, that was his prized possession. So, of course, your rival's going to have to yank it from you. Benoit, this is where it all started to go bad for him mentally, is he suffered a, a horrendous neck injury in a four-way TLC match, which required surgery. He continued to wrestle until King of the Ring, where he pinned, he was pinned in a match against Austin and Jericho. He missed the whole next year due to a neck injury. And that's the thing, like, something I don't want to skip over while we're talking about this is basically, at this time, wrestling is just a shit job. Yeah. It's everyone's dream. It's what they wanted to do forever. And then basically Vince McMahon just completely took advantage of the situation, treated everyone involved like absolute fucking dog meat shit. You know what I mean? And, uh, well, we're under a tornado watch right now, so let me just tell you this. If I die making this podcast, it's not what I wanted. I'm in a trailer, and there's a tornado. It's like a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get sucked away. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> a fucking, like, I don't mind dying, but I don't want to be talking about professional fucking wrestling on my way out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, Vince McMahon's just a complete crock of shit. Treats everyone poorly, doesn't give them medical treatment. They, I mean, you can't really be mad at them for, like, not knowing about concussions at the time because, really, it wasn't that well-known of a science. You know, they happen in every sport. People would just get concussions and keep moving along because it was just, you know, a testosterone-fueled manly industry where if you fucking had a concussion, which was a head injury, they'd just be like, oh, well, walk it off, you puss. Yeah. My head hurts. My my, my head hurts. (laughs) (laughs) I got a case of the gay in my head. And they're just like, (laughs) you fucking deal with it. You know what I mean? And like the shit part is that Vince McMahon just marketed the whole thing. Like, I mean, they they traveled together. They were with each other every fucking day. I'm pretty sure that at this time they wrestled 300 out of 365 days a year. Like, there's no off-season in wrestling. Yeah. They don't really take breaks. They just keep going the entire year. And so, like, you would get little breaks as a wrestler, but, you know, like, you'd have a week off if he had a quote-unquote injury or if he had a real injury. Then you had to come back. And if he didn't come back, you didn't get paid. And if you didn't get paid and you weren't there and people forget about you know people forgot about you, then you would get paid less or not brought back at all. You'd have to try to right. start over again. Just a lot of pressure. You know, you're being injured. You need time to recover and shit. Do you know what I mean? And you just don't get it. You don't get paid while you're off. So, just disgusting. Um Before Nancy came along, Benoit had been married. He had a kid named David and a kid named Megan, his first wife, Martina. 1997, the marriage had broken down, and Benoit was already living with Nancy Sullivan. Chris and Nancy had their first child, Daniel, and he was born on November twenty-third, 2000. Chris married Nancy after... Their love child was born. 2003, Nancy filed for divorce from Benoit, cited the marriage had been irrevocably irrevocably broken, and she alleged cruel treatment. And I really tried to look up, like, because <clears throat> I figured that there had been times, like, the cops had probably been called on Chris Benoit, and he had been accused of uh, domestic abuse, domestic violence. And, again, it's just different times. Like, that didn't happen that much. And you have to wonder, like, him being a star. I mean, he was a legit superstar wrestler. After he beat Kevin Sullivan, he was, like, a fucking superstar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, People loved him. People know who he was. He couldn't just, like, go out in public. And it's before the Internet, too. So, like, wrestling, it's big now. I think they finally figured out how to use the Internet. You know what I'm saying? But there was a time frame when, like, The internet came out and everyone knew it was fake and said it, like, easier to access rather than just being on TV once or twice a week. Because when it was at that point, fans of wrestling, they didn't get overfilled with wrestling. They only got it once or twice a week, so they would go fucking crazy to see somebody like Crispin Wall walking around in an airport or some shit. So it's like, you have to wonder if his first wife had called the cops on him, and she did. I mean, she has said a couple times that he was abusive, and I I just couldn't find the extent of it enough that I felt confident saying anything about it. Uh, The the only thing I had about what Nancy said was that he would wig out, have roid rage fits, or withdrawals from pills. They would get in fights, and he would smash furniture and throw it around the house, which is like a fucked-up thing to do, right? But we're talking about Chris Benoit. 230-pound, juice-to-the-gills, pill head who's only ever done professional wrestling for a job. Like, throwing furniture around is wrong. Yeah. But he didn't physically harm her, which, you know. And also, if you've been wrestling that long, you got to think that, like, you're just kind of used to the theatrics. I'm not trying to excuse any of it at all. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, considering what happened, I. it doesn't sound like he ever put hands on her. Yeah. Like, even if you're doing all that intimidating, terrible shit it seems like there was a line that he didn't cross and everyone around their family said that like wrestlers looked up to him Yeah, because he was like a family man. Like he had what they wanted. You know what I mean? Like they saw how good he was with his kids. They saw how good he was to Nancy. Most of the time the divorce came as a shock. But again, that's regular shit with wrestling. Like you don't keep, A happy marriage when you're traveling 300 days out of the year. No. Going town to town, getting fucked up, taking pills. Shit. Like, there's no way to have testosterone that high and not be able to... Like, you're just in bed with your boner screaming at the fucking moon. Like, you're going to have to pay... You're going to get kicked out of the hotel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your dick is just going... It's just, you know... People don't know this, but David Lee Roth is not a real person. He's just roid Penis. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's just like some juiced out wrestler's erection is David Lee Roth. So, all those early Van Halen, Halen albums where he's like not even singing, like, you know, Running with the Devil. He never even says Running with the Devil one time in that song. He just fucking, ah,
0: yeah. Damn. You
1: just imagine that in a hotel room next to you. You're going to get kicked out. It's too yeah. loud. It's too much to deal with. You got to fuck something. Ooh. You know what I mean? It's not a good recipe for marriage. Nope. Not a good recipe for fucking marriage at all. Uh, she later, though, dropped the revo- the divorce suit and had filed a restraining order. Dropped that as well. They got they reconciled. They got back together. God could have stopped this. Yep. Uh, Hulkamania could have stopped this. Sure could. Now, the thing about CTE. <clears throat> so before I get into like the meat of the crime. The doctor that did the autopsy on Chris Benoit's body said that his brain was similar to an 85 year old Alzheimer's patient. Holy shit. I made sure to say similar to because it doesn't mean the same thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you look at a CTE brain, it's like riddled with holes and mushed up. Like, you know, all a concussion is is when the. Brain slams against the back of your skull. Yeah. And then your body to protect it just turns it off. Yeah. And so when it reboots, it's coming back a little bit mushy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you do that so many times. And like I, like I said, he 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 could like he dove off the turnbuckles. His finishing move, set up to his finishing move, was a diving headbutt. Yeah. Like he dove off and smashed his head into people to, before he pinned them. Damn. And then he would willingly take chairs to the back of the head. I mean, he got a, like the the shit part about that is he got a lot of work for being like willing to do extreme shit. So like, if me and you were both professional wrestlers, we're real similar. But let's say you're willing to take a metal chair to the back of the head, and I'm not because I know it's bad for my life. Yeah, you're probably gonna get work more than me. Yeah, because you can do more extreme shit. And so that's what got him to the dance. But he just never gave up on it. So all those fucking, and it's like, you know, what they do to fake it in wrestling is they, like, put their hand by their face and, like, smack the chair. You can't do that on the back of your head. You're just legit taking a chair to the back of the head. Yeah. Like, full force to make the fucking sound. So does it knock him out? And that's another thing, too, is people always think, like, oh, you had to get knocked out to get a concussion. They had literally have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. So it's not like you saw him get fucking KO'd in the ring all the time. You just He just got his fucking brain scrambled the mush. And, like, that started to manifest itself in several different ways. Uh, I mean, I can look more, like, I can get a, you know, I just I wanted to say this before the murder part because I think it's important to know because, again, we can't say, like, what ultimately caused it because no one was there. But what really pisses me off about the entire Crispin Watt situation is he had, like, clearly deteriorating mental health and not one fucking person around him tried to do anything about it. So it's like none of what he did was right. It's not justification but it's like like you're watching this shit happen, right? Yeah. And I, I always feel like with rich people the problem is for everyone that's around them that's your meal ticket. Yeah. So you, you'll shirk a lot of like Normal responsibility you will not give the attention that they need because you don't want to drive them all the way away because that's how you eat, yeah, you're not going to be able to get new cars, new houses, and her entire family was staying with them, you know like yeah. i I guess they had a great relationship and everything. it's like maybe maybe staying with us is the shitty way to say it, but they had tons of people around, and all of them were able to recount the strange ways that Chris was behaving. But none of them did anything about it. Yeah. And sure, none of them knew what concussions were. They all knew he was on pills. He had had a known pill problem and, and alcohol problem for years. And his friends started dying. Eddie Guerrero died. Big Boss Man died. People he was really close with. I mean, he was su- like Eddie Guerrero was his literal best friend. Yeah. And as they started dying, it's just you're baking a cake, right? And you you got your recipe, you're putting it together, seems like everything's good, but you accidentally put half a cup of flour too much in it. You put it in the oven to bake, it's going to come out like shit. Yeah. Well, he basically had an extra 10 cups of flour in his cake, so not only was it going to come out like shit, it was going to catch on fire and burn the fucking house down. Yeah. He was just living in a nightmare, because <clears throat> I don't know anything about CTE, but... Other than what I read, I mean, like, I don't know the personal effects of it, but he started to get really paranoid, and I suppose that's a common side effect, just illogical things. I mean, he would, her sister would hang out with him all the time. They would go to the gym together. She would drop him out for the airport, and they would be driving the same routes they would always take, and he would take different, more complicated ways there and back. They'd go different ways. He would try to take other people's cars. He told her that he thought that hel- every time they would see like a helicopter or a plane that they were following him around trying to tap into his mind. Shit. And none of that's logical. And you can see there's a problem. Uh, what I g- gathered was that they just thought it was from pills. But you still, you, you know, th- ha- you have to intervene in that situation. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to be an asshole right now because I have been the entire podcast. But this is the serious side of it because there's, a, you know, like my grandma's got dementia. And I, we know why she's crazy. We know what's going on. But if there's people in your life and they have weird things come up like that, it's only going to get more and more frequent. So just make sure you take care of people around you. Yeah. Ask them how they're feeling. See if they have any concerns. And if they're telling you crazy shit, they're having some type of, like, manic swing or some shit. Yeah. Or also yourself, too. Like, I got to figure that he probably held on to these feelings because of masculinity. It didn't ever put him anywhere. And it just compounded until one day it boiled over. Because if he's throwing furniture and shit around already, and just the side effects of steroids for most people, I got to assume that he rages out sometimes. Sure. All that concoction, juicing and fucking alcohol and pills. and That's
0: a lot of shit, man. And in
1: my brain, like, I've been married for 10 years. And not that I would do it or have thought about doing it, But I could see where if you were a violent person who like raged out, like blackout rage type of rage, how you could kill your fucking wife and come to and be like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Especially if you're not mentally all there. And he was just doing like more and more crazy shit, uh, which I'll expand upon as we go. You think you can hear that storm in this shit? It's fine. It's probably not too bad. I just let people know I'm trying to, like, adjust my voice, but we're in it. It's a fucking gnarly. I got a feeling we provoked the Canadian Crippler, and he's coming down in sheets on us.
0: Yep.
1: Or maybe I should stop doing... Maybe it's because I made Macho Man Randy Savage say the... Didn't actually say the N-word, but I said the N-word. I don't know. The storm just got worse right when you said it. Yeah, it's crazy outside right now, so... I kind of hope you can't hear it so I don't just sound like a dumb fuck. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, so all that transpired from here is that June 25th, 2007, police called Crispin Waugh's neighbor, asked her to go and, and take a look at their home. They're in Fayetteville, Georgia. <laughs> They're in Fayetteville, Georgia, and the reason the police called is because he had these just gnarly German shepherds that were unruly. Like, they they had... They were not disciplined. No one could c- corral them. No one could take care of them. And so instead of police with guns and bulletproof vests and tactics and dogs themselves, they asked their fucking neighbor to go check on the Benoit family because yeah. there had been some circuit Like, the WWF basically called the police because Chris Benoit missed a weekend of events where he was going to win a championship with no warning, which it was not like him at all. No matter what he was going through, he was always there. Especially because he was about to win a title again. Yeah. The cops found the bodies of Benoit, his wife, Nancy, or the, the neighbor found it first. The police, sorry. The neighbor found and then alerted the cops to the bodies of Benoit, his wife, Nancy, and their seven-year-old son, Daniel, at around 2.30 p.m. What actually happened is the neighbor walked in, went to the basement first and saw Chris with his neck caught in the weight machine, checked on him, knew he was dead, and went and, went and called the police. Uh, upon investigation, police immediately announced they had no additional suspects, including Kevin Sullivan. The sheriff went in and said, All right, if I'm trying to go, I gotta come back to a southern accent. Hey there, uh, I've done too many of this episode. Yeah. Who y'all gonna come on down here to Fayetteville, Georgia? Now, I'm the sheriff of this here town, and let me tell y'all one thing. That satanic moron, Kevin Sullivan. Well, he ain't got a lick of sense. Worshiping the devil and carrying on the way that them devil dick suckers do. We ain't even allowed him around to these parts. We just string him up if he come around here, so you know it weren't him from the get-go. Wee wee. Yep. Devil worshiping. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling Whoa. and Southern talk. Yeah, you know the fucking South hated Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. He's worshiping who? Oh, no! Get him, Chris! Upon investigation, police announced there was no additional subject, as it was obvious Benoit committed the murders uh, over three-day period. So the first, he killed Nancy. That was his first move. And That was on Friday. Uh, he just, I guess, went into a rage and beat the shit out of her. I mean, beat her... I mean, this is rough. which we'll we'll probably should pre-warn you. It's fucked up. He didn't yeah. just, like, strangle her to death. Beat her unrecognizable. And then took a cord, bound her hog tie style, where she was on her stomach, hands and feet bound together. Went and got a cord, wrapped it around her throat, put his knees in the middle of her back, and pulled as hard as he could. She was strangled to death with her neck broken. Damn. So you just got to, like, I mean, the guy is strong as fuck, but you got to think of the amount of fucking tenacity it took to, like, pull so hard you broke someone's fucking neck. You know what I mean? That's a lot. I mean, it's like, you know, only Steven Seagal would know how much pressure it actually took to break a human being's neck. But I got to assume it's a fucking insane amount. Uh, Nancy had, of course, all the physical trauma. According to the toxicology, she had Xanax, hydrocodone, and a hydromorphone. In her body, and they, they were found, though, at a therapeutic level, not a toxic level. Yeah. So, you know, I I listened to an interview with her sister. She didn't even flat out come and say that she was on drugs, but she did say that that's how things were in the house. They self-medicated. Yeah. You know, because, like, you know, they had experienced a lot of death, a lot of hardship, and obviously Chris was in pain because for beating his body up. So, yeah. you know, he was found with the same shit in his body. At a therapeutic level. Uh, when they found her, she had been wrapped in a towel with blood under her head and deep grooves around her neck, suggesting that he had used some sort of garrote. Again, just self-made while he pushed her back and pulled until her neck broke. Uh, Daniel, on the other hand, had huge amounts of Xanax in his system. Uh, that means that before like, he ended up being strangled to death, but he was in such an intoxicated state he probably had no idea what would have happened, which but it just depends on like it kind of takes away the argument of like chris full on psychotic break rage, which i doesn't I don't think that that didn't happen because one thing I was reading about c t e is that you go you come in and out a lot, yeah, like <clears throat> you know they get confused because they'll be in like a complete other fantasy world. Yeah. And snap back. And, like, quick spurts. Like, some shit where they'll be off in, like, a whole fantasy life. And it has only been, like, five minutes. Yeah. And come back. So, it doesn't disprove that, per se. But just the way the next few things happened, uh, you really don't know. Um, and there's a lot of fucking theories floating around about the murder with the son too, like the same dumb fucking sheriff was like, "Well, y'all, we don't found track marks in Daniel's arm." That did not happen. Uh, the entire family went to see the body before it was laid to rest, even before it was dressed for a There's no fucking track marks. There was a rumor about the Daniel having fragile X syndrome, and again, the family, both sides of the family, completely refute that because there was literally zero medical evidence ever to suggest that. It also sounds like a dumb superpower. The fucking yeah. fragile X syndrome. He's an X man. Yeah, exactly. He just fucking uh, is like, has adamantium claws. He has psychic abilities. Just like, God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, Daniel. I'm your father. Get the hell out of my head.
0: <laughs> oh, shit.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to fuck this random woman. Get the fuck out of my head, Daniel. I'm coming.
0: Thundercats.
1: I was trying to make him Professor X. Oh. Because, you know, that was his power. He, like, sat in that room and, like, got into people's brains. Shit, man. But what if he
0: really did? (laughs) Yeah, you had the Fragile
1: X. Damn. Fragile X was just where he could, like, tap into your brain and play that Nine Inch Nails album, The Fragile. Ugh. How am I supposed to stop fucking other people that aren't my wife when the sexy sounds of a muscular Trent Reznor are constantly playing in the back of my goddamn cranium? I'm coming for you, Daniel. <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it, like it was a 3-day th- a period, so my my assumption is that he killed Nancy on Friday, he killed his son Saturday. He had wrapped Nancy up and like put her body away, so I don't I'm guessing that Daniel was probably asking questions or some shit like that. Yeah. And they also like on Friday had just finished having like a giant neighborhood barbecue because I guess their neighbor taught horse riding lessons. Daniel had completed them, and they did, like, some celebratory ride around the block, and they had everybody over to their house for a barbecue. So, like, it was all, all the dishes and shit were dirty, and it was in disarray when they came. So, like, that would probably start a fight, because, like, you know, most of what dumb arguments married couples ever get into is, like, are you cleaning the dishes? Are you cleaning the dishes? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back and forth. And something like that symbol could have sparked him into a psychotic rage. That's my fucking theory. And then, you know, when Daniel started asking where his mom's at and looking around, he probably already knew what he was going to do. And it was just so snapped from reality at point, he probably thought it was, like, the best thing to go about it. You know what I mean? Uh, The way that Chris Benoit killed himself is absolutely insane. Uh, He took his lap pull-down machine. uh, He had done lethal levels of Xanax, hydrocodone. And his testosterone was, like... I think body like an optimum bodybuilder if they're using testosterone, just like working out on a like on a cycle to like try to get huge is like thirteen hundred. Yeah. yeah, Benoit was at like thirty three hundred. Whoa. Yeah, so he was just like extremely sauced out. I mean, Shit. using a synthetic form of the hormone. Now the reason Chris Benoit started using testosterone, he was already big. He already worked out hard as fuck. He may have been even using a small amount. But he he had such a hard time getting into the WWE, so it was his last stop because Vince McMahon told him that he was s- small, and at the time he weighed like 190 pounds. I mean, when he died, he was like 220 something, which uh, when you're jacked like that, 30 pounds of muscle is a fucking lot of That's muscle. A lot of damn muscle. So, you know, basically that like all that setup just led to disaster. He wrapped a towel around his neck. Turned that into a noose and uh, took the end of the cord that was normally, like, you know, a lat pulled down, like you would attach a bar to it and pull it down to engage your lats with, like, a stack of weights. So he knew that he needed to use the full amount of weight. He had nothing attached to that except the towel. So he had to pull the cord down and attach it to the towel around his neck So, like, pull the entire cord down and noose it around his neck to tie it together to just let the weight go. That's wild. And and he used the full stack of weights. That's crazy, man. So, that's how strong that motherfucker was. But, like, you know how hard it is to lift a full stack, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, like, you're in the gym and you do, like, there's no way to just, like, sit down and do it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, so, like, I I hate myself, but I know he probably just, like, warmed up to do it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, his last set, and he's just in there fucking, woo, woo.
0: Clapping a full stack today, daddy. We're clapping stacks and breaking necks. That's what we're doing around here. <laughs> it's me, the Crippler. I'll end anybody,
1: including me. And just fucking, yo! Yeah! Got that fucking full stack up and just, ah! Oh yeah, i just let it rip, baby. Yeah, you know we had because you had to be jacked up to pull that much, dude. Yeah, and plus, without an attachment, just the cord. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> that's wild as shit. Hell yeah, it's fucking wild, dude. But you know, he's just fucking. you yeah. doing a mad cry too. Yeah, you have like you mean you. We've all seen the fucking stereotype of a guy lifting at the gym, like pushing through the pain and just fucking.
0: Yeah. Rah! Yep Yep
1: Had to have been Because <laughs> there's no way that dude did. There's no way that dude wasn't a yell lifter No Which is like my pet fucking peeve Yeah Especially when it's not that much weight And they're just like oh! I was I like dude Why are you <laughs> Why are you doing that Damn I just did twice what you did And literally just went Relax Yep You know what I'm saying because right, you don't do enough cocaine. Uh, yeah, I guess you just gotta get revved the fuck up. Uh, th- th- he had d- searched on the family computer the quickest and easiest way to break a neck, which that's clearly somebody who doesn't know how Google works. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, dear Google, he asked Jeeves. Excuse me, Jeeves. <laughs> he's like, "What? He ain't saying nothing." Listen to me,
0: Jeeves. You're but a man. I'm immortal. I'll come through this goddamn net and break your fucking neck. I'm the crippler.
1: Tell me how to do it. Neck crippling?
0: I mean, like he already did it once before.
1: He yeah. He broke this fucking slam. We've been breaking necks. The chief medical examiner attributed the testosterone level to Benoit possibly being treated for a deficiency caused by previous steroid abuse. Or testicular insufficiency. Now, let me say this to you. Yeah, he got wild when I said testicular. That's what he likes. (laughs) Uh, That's not TRT levels of steroids. No, man. (laughs) He was still definitely abusing steroids. There's no indication that anything in Benoit's body contributed to his violence, concluding that there was no roid rage involved. All right. You know, I think it's just a a factor of events. There's just so much going on. He was sad. He was hurt. Fucking had CTE, had rage problems. You know, roid rage really, like, for some people it's not a factor. But when you're that gassed the fuck up, you know what I mean? It's just really no way that that's not what happened. Um, Prior to the murder-suicide, he had been given illegal steroids, not in compliance, with the WWE's talent wellness programs in February 2006, but well, who gave a fuck? You know what I mean? He had been doing Nandrolone and Ast- Anastrazolone, Ooh. which were later revealed to have been given to numerous professional wrestlers. Former wrestler Christopher Nowinski was the first to speculate that the years of repeated trauma may have led to his actions. Tests were conclu- conducted on Benoit's brain by the head of neurosurgery at West Virginia University, and the results showed that, uh, that that's the same thing I was saying about the... CTE? Yeah, about the uh, Alzheimer's patient thing. He was... Uh, can you, all right. Can you please stop picking your fucking fingernails? So I'm trying to you. just get this shit I'm done. I'm going get Parmesan. You just got to stop, dude. <laughs> just do it later, please. Uh Now when they when the doctor looked at his brain and again like CTE technology wasn't where it is now, the doctor said that he had an advanced form of dementia, which they often saw at NFL players. So like I don't think CTE may have been like a term then. And that kind of but the dementia thing does make a lot of sense to me because I've seen it in my grandma and like she gets paranoid like in weird in weird ways that make no sense. And so if he was, like, watching action movies and shit, it would make sense why, like, helicopters and fucking routes home. But she's just never been exposed to those things, so she's just paranoid that, like, my grandpa's not actually him. That's, like, her her big paranoid fear, or that people are looking in the windows. But he was, like, a way more complicated thing. He didn't ever trust cell phones either, but he would still call and text people, but he was always kind of weird about it. And I I guess on the day he died, he called, uh, I guess... How what there was Juventude Guerrero and was there another one too? I don't know. Yeah, we, one of them, uh, uh, Eddie's cousin. Because like when Eddie died too. Yeah, there was it was Eddie and then I can't remember his... Juventude. I have no idea, man. Anyway, so you know, he fucking passed away, Eddie Guerrero, and that was like everyone around Chris that he started acting kind of different around that point. That's yeah. when it was like really started happening. Uh his wife's sister got him a journal and said that she had gone through some grief and she suggested that he starts writing to Eddie Guerrero. And he did, and like looking back, it just got worse and worse. Like he was always saying, like, I'm gonna come, I'm about to come see you, brother. Oh, like, shit. We're coming up. And uh you know, and he would say we and things like that. And he he mailed a Bible to his ex-wife that said, like, sorry, I've passed. before it happened he put a bible and they like he wasn't religious at all before any of this shit happened that anyone knew of but i guess he had like a curiosity about religion a few times but he had laid a bible next to nancy's body next to his kid's body after he murdered them and then put one next to him you know which that just goes to show that like something is unhinged because it doesn't even make sense like it's not something that people even do it's not like a like a religious tradition to put a Bible next to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. It's just like a crazy thing that he came up with that thought was going to like relieve it. So, again, there's several theories. I went over the Kevin Sullivan one a little bit. No reason to dive into any of them because they're all fake and nonsense. Yeah, the whole thing's super sad to me, but mostly because it see, it was just completely preventable, and uh, the hard part about it is is it's really hard to say that Crispin was just a complete shit person because it's such a complicated fucking scenario, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think he was, you know, it's a nightmare. I don't think he was good by any means. This was a terrible fucking thing to happen, but it really seems to me like he just completely lost control. And I got to assume that when that happened, when he had flashes of reality, that it was just too much to let everyone else go on. Yeah. including, Including his kid, including him. You know, like imagine you did—you killed the other two, and you were out of your mind, and you came to. Like, you only have one other option. Yeah, and plus he's dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't get, like, there's no fix. Like he died. He got punished for. It. He punished himself. It's mm-hmm. over with. And this is kind of the era of like before. You know, we live in a world now where people
0: like they get onto you for bashing mental illness and shit. Like that was before this. You know, it's like you're
1: supposed to be masking. You don't talk about your problems. You know, and so. Even if he wasn't talking about him, it's. I mean, you. I mean, you can tell when somebody's going through it. Period. Well, yeah, when the yeah. dude that you've known for forever has a complete personality shift, that's yeah. one sign. And then when he's like taking crazy routes to get places. Yeah. Um, best friend dies, and he best becomes friend dies. Religious. Starts writing letters yeah. and shit, and then he was like. The day that, like, oh, through the through the course of the, the three days, like, you just got to wonder what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just probably raging out. Like, he had driven, like, he drove around. People saw him. He had made phone calls. Like, he, I, that's what I was trying to get at. I think it was Juventud Guerrero. Or one of the fucking Guerrero's. Like, I'm, i who cares? Yeah. It wasn't Eddie Guerrero because he died. One of the other ones, his cousin, had been keeping contact with Chris because him and Eddie were such good friends. So, like, Chris had called him and told him that he wasn't going to be able to make it to the pay-per-view because his uh, family had come down with food poisoning.
0: Oh, shit. Or he
1: first told him that he was just late for a flight, that he was still going to make it. Then when he didn't show up, he had called and said the food poisoning's worse. Like uh She just threw up blood. So that also made me wonder if he was like, that was on Friday, so she was already dead. So it makes me wonder if he was going to like... Somehow try to cover it up and rationalize it. Yeah. Or if he was just so out of it, it's hard to know. And the and the uh, Guerrero said that it was like a crazy fucking conversation. Yeah. Like he felt that there was something wrong at the end of it. Chris was like, "I love you." He was like, "All right, man, I love you too." He's like, "No, I'm I'm seriously, I I fucking love you. Like you need to know that I love. Like being real aggressive about it. Yeah. He said he, he had never heard him be like that at all before, and yeah. then he started sending out weird texts like." from his phone to a few people my physical address is this Shit. and then from her phone to people that she knew my uh, my physical address is this yeah which like seems like his paranoid hang up was people knowing where he was at yeah you get it and he had like opened a PO box prior to this because he didn't want people to know what his address was mm-hmm. so i mean i just think it was a break yeah like a complete i think he was a dangerous person and uh, once he broke away he was just in a bad place. Like he shouldn't have been with his family. Yeah, it just sounds like a combination of a lot of things, man. Yeah. yeah. It sucks, man. It's one of the more, like, we've done a lot of terrible shit, but this is one of the more, like, not upsetting, but heartbreaking ones yeah. to me. Because he just hate, like, someone that had it all, the dream. I mean, and then just realized how hard that was. Yeah. Like that's all he ever wanted to do, and that's what he did. And he was dedicated to it. He was, like, the best. Yeah. He wasn't the best on the mic. He was the best at the physicality of the matches. WWF, when he died, they're like, oh, there's no way he had concussion trauma because look at the crazy moves he was still pulling off. Yeah. They're just assholes. Yeah. And, like, the day – like, he was, like, you know how the WWF cycle works? Like, they'll have a local show that won't air on TV, and then they'll have a pay-per-view, and then they'll have, like, Monday Night Raw, like, back-to-back-to-back in the same area. So – they heard he died on Sunday, but they didn't know how. And they had already had everybody ready to go for Monday Night Raw as a memorial service to some other wrestler that had passed away recently, <laughs> like an older guy. Yeah. And so they just decided to, like, script change and dedicate it all to Crispin Waugh. Oh, shit. <laughs> before they fucking knew, like, what had happened. So, like, that is a course off the whole thing. But Vince made him, like, all memorial, like, play his matches and, like, do a memorial for the entire however long. Monday Night Raw lasts. This is fucking depressing as shit. It's and crazy, also ridiculous. and Just like what a scumbag Vince McMahon is and always has been and always will be, I guess. Even though I'm not like the most well-versed on wrestling, he just it seems like a complete piece of shit to me. Profiting off the backs of everyone else's hard work. That's why everyone, that's he's like the epitome of everyone else's boss. No matter what job you have, chances are you work harder than your boss and they make way more than you and they don't give a fuck about you. You know, yep. you call in sick. They're not going to be like, man, I'm sorry. I hope you get better. They're going to be like, well, can you call someone to come in for you? If you can't, then I'm, you're just going to leave me hanging? That type of shit. Yeah. Just sucks. The world's a disgusting place. Sure is. And I hate to watch it fucking play out time and time again, but this was a depressing. I also hate for wrestling talk to be depressing, so I guess we can fucking. Yeah. Well. What song did you pick to go along with this? something hilarious, I hope? Cattle Decapitation. Yeah. With uh, success is hanging by the neck. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Rounded it out. All right, man. Well, this is a fun episode. We're going to start fucking reviewing pornography. So, yeah. If you listen to this and it's not up on YouTube. Not just some regular hand slamming, just the nastiest shit. Well, I'm sure that they expect. (laughs) They know who you are. Well, hell yeah. Thanks for everything, guys. We love you. Uh, Rate and review, all that dumbass shit. Fuck my ass. Woo!